Well, you got your Bibles tonight? You got your Bible? You got your Bible? You guys in the dark zone, got your Bible? Open up your Bible to Matthew, the book of Matthew. Why are you guys so quiet tonight? Man. Matthew, open your Bible to chapter, the, sorry, the, the book of Matthew, chapter 22. The book of Matthew. This is so weird. There's a dark spot right here. It's really, it's really freaking me out. Matthew 22, you there? Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 and verse, I think it's in verse uh, 34, I think. Verse 34. Oh, man. Who has a New Living Translation? You have a New Living Translation. New Living Translation. Anybody has a New Living? The NLT. You got, nobody has a New Living Translation? Nobody? Gosh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> April <laughs> April Fools. Matthew chapter 22. Hey, just a quick little heads up about that the GM at the park. You got it, dude? Let me check that out. GM at the park. It's going to be on a Thursday night. So if you looked in the calendar and you're like, man, when is that? I have usually my Friday nights are booked. It, it's on a Thursday night. So when you come to GM Ignite usually for a Thursday night, it's gonna, we're actually going to be at the park. So right now we're reserving the Abbott Loop Park right down the road off of Elmore. You guys know what park, park I'm talking about? The park, the, the ball field's down there. So we're actually, we're actually um, reserving that park so that, we can, uh, so that we can have the whole park to ourselves. And last year we did it. It was a blast. Uh, there was free food, which helped people to turn out. And we had games and food, and we had a good time. Just to celebrate school getting out and for everybody just to kind of sign up for camp. So that's what we did last year. We're going to do it again this year. So it's not another night. It's the same night of, of normal GM. Sound good? All right, good. Okay, I'm reading. This is the New Living Translation, and I'm in verse 40. Or no, I'd say 34, right? All right, this is verse 34. It says this. It says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply. So this is Jesus talking. He just got done teaching. And the Pharisees, who were the, some of the, it was a group of religious rulers and people, after he had said some things, he silenced them. He pretty much shut them up, put them in their place. And so Jesus goes to start talking some more. Well, the Sadducees got, the Pharisees and Sadducees got kind of quiet. Well, the Sadducees with his reply. So they met together to question him again. So the Pharisees, Sadducees come together and they're like, we need to meet with Jesus and ask him another question. Verse 35, one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Which is the most important law? Or sorry, which is the most important commandment in the law? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40. The entire law, say the entire. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus sums up 
all of the Bible, all of Christianity, right here for us. Tonight we're going to talk about the summary, the rundown of Christianity. That sound good? We're still in a series on the reasonable life and talking about what does it mean to live reasonable. Here you go, bro. And so as we're talking about that, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to live reasonably with people and with God. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about the rundown. We're going to talk about the summary of Christianity. Let's pray. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Let's ask God to speak to us and to help us and to encourage us. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much, Lord, that you have given us your word to read, God, to study, to understand. God, I ask that you would just open up your word to us tonight. God, that you'd help us to understand, to hear your word, to understand it, and God, to walk in it. Lord, teach us how to apply your word. God, teach us how to actually take what you have taught in the scripture and apply it to our life. God, we want to be faithful with what you've given us. God, we love you and we ask you to help us, God, to, to live out what you've called us to live out. God, that you would equip us and encourage us this night. I thank you so much for your word. We ask that, God, that you would do a great and new thing in our hearts tonight. Encourage us from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many like Disney movies? I, I love, I love Disney movies. I'm, I'm that, you know, Aladdin, I'm that guy who, who I can't wait. Like when there's movies come out at the theater, if it's a kid movie, I'm there. Like, like how to, tra- have you guys seen that yet? Oh, I'm jealous. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's really, is that, a, that's not Disney though, is it? It's DreamWorks. But that's a great movie. I've heard it's a great movie. I, I'm going to find out this weekend how great that movie is, but I'm, I'm, this, I'm one of those, I like Finding Nemo. Yeah. I, finding, you know, I love the part when Nemo touches the butt. I mean, that's probably <laughs> the, best, the best part in the whole, the whole movie. I, I, love, I love Lion King. You guys like the movie The Lion King? Oh. I love the movie The Lion King. I grew up with, with just watching uh, Disney movies, and I still watch Disney movies. I was a kid watching Disney movies, and I'm to this day love watching Disney movies. I like watching Aladdin every once in a while. I like watching uh, The Lion King. I love Disney movies. That's just random. I don't know why I was just thinking about that. I just, just that was so. No, that's I have a point with this. But I really like Disney movies. One of the things about watching movies when you go to the theaters. Or, for instance, when you go to watch the movie How to Train Your Dragon, or the, there's a movie out with Clash of the Titans, I think it is, yeah. right now. And when you go to the movie theaters, the, I think it's probably my, my favorite part, but I think it's probably my least favorite part, is the, the previews. I love the previews because, because they're so, it's so intriguing, and there's this anticipation and expectation of the movies that are coming, you know what I mean? Like, I hate going to a movie and missing the previews. Because to me, I paid for those previews. I get to watch the previews. But the thing I hate about the previews is that when you watch the previews, they tell you the whole stinking story. And so when you watch the previews, you already know what the movie's going to be about. And so you might as well not even go watch the movie because you already saw the whole movie in the previews. You know what I'm talking about? You know those movies when you, like, sit down? For instance, Clash of the Titans, perfect example. I, I think, I'm, I'm sure it's a good movie. But you saw the whole movie in the previews. 
You saw the whole story. Tell me if I'm wrong. You saw the story. You're wrong. You saw the whole story in the previews. A bunch of graphics, some random story. You know, it's kind of like, like the movie uh, Avatar. You watch the previews? Sure, there's a lot of good special effects, but it's Pocahontas with aliens. I mean, that's Avatar. And when you watch the previews, you see the movie. You watch the previews of anything, and it gives you the sum of the movie. And to me, that ruins it. I want to see, just show me a clip of the movie. Just show me like a five-second deal. I don't want to see the whole movie. I have some clips tonight. I have some five-second clips of some movies, some Disney movies. Uh, movies like Toy Story. Movies like Finding Nemo and The Lion King and Madagascar and Titanic. That one's not Disney, but you've got to see this five-second clip. These clips simply summarize for us what the whole movie is about. How many would like to know what the whole movie is about in five seconds? Well, after you've already seen it. See, Rachel here, she loves movies. Me and Rachel hung out this last, this last week, and she was telling me about how much she loves movies and the movies that she likes. And so we just talked about movies for like an hour. And so it inspired me tonight to talk about movies tonight. Hey, you guys ready up there? You guys ready? We're going to show the first clip. The first clip is a, a five-second rundown summary of the movie Toy Story. So we're going to look at the first one, Toy Story. This is Toy Story. Five seconds. To infinity and beyond! There's Toy Story in five seconds. What's the next one? Shrek! Fiona! And then I saw her face! That's horrible. That's ho- that really happened. That's horrible. Chico, Nemo. Fabio, Bingo, Nemo, Nemo, Nemo. Nemo. Go, You can do a few more before you do Lion King. You can do Madagascar or. Would you give a guy a break? I see trees of green. Wonderful phrase. That. Mm-hmm. 
We're pals, right? <laughs> right. And we'll always be together, right? Hakuna Matata What a wonderful phrase Alright, alright You turn the lights back up That's my favorite one right there. Lion King in five seconds. I watched that thing so many times. I tried telling Andrew not to use that one, but you know, he, he insisted that we'd use it. There's a bunch more of those. You can get on there and type in Disney movies or movies in five seconds. There's a few others there. There's Matrix in there. There's, there's hundreds of them. We, we can't. We can't. I, the guy already left. We got Andrew already, is already done with it. So, hey, you can go home and do that tonight if you want to look at that. So what if we had a five-second video of what Christianity is? I guess, I guess what, I want, what I want to ask tonight is, what if we could summarize Christianity altogether? You know, there's so many parts of Christianity. There's so many different aspects and and just different parts and ideas and, and thoughts and, and, and philosophies and things that you do in Christianity. You go to church in Christianity. You love people. You, you read your Bible. You sing songs. You worship singing songs. You tell people about Jesus. Uh, you, you pray. What are, what, are the th- what are some other things you do? You, you, well, not necessarily. You don't sin in Christianity. You, you can fall. Uh, not a good one, bro. Anything else? <laughs> Anything else? What? I said that one. Worship. That's a good one. Worship. Take offerings. You give our money. We hang out with other Christians. There's so many different things that we do in Christianity, but none of those things that we've said so far truly summarizes and sums up and gives us a rundown of what Christianity is. Love's a good one. That's, that's a good one. I think that's important. But, but there's nothing that really, there's nothing that, that there's, no, there's no movie that you can show in five seconds to communicate to us what Christianity is. And if there were, then I want to I somehow describe what that movie would look like tonight. If we could take a, a snapshot of your life in five seconds, it should consist of a couple things that should be the life that you're supposed to live as a reasonable Christian. If we took a snapshot of your life, there should be, there should be specific, particularly two things, and we've already read those two things, but we're going to go into those two things to find out what is the rundown of Christianity. If you could ask God, God, what is the two most important things that I can do as a Christian? God, what, is the, what are the two most important things that I should do? Lord, if you, if you are the God of this Christian thing, then I, I'm asking you to sum up for me in one thing what it's all about. Wouldn't that be good to know? Yeah. I think, I don't know, me, I'm kind of a guy who, who, who likes things summarized. I can't stand it when there's 16 rules. 
Just give me a rule that sums them all up. I can't stand it when there's 16 different morals to the story. Nobody likes a movie like that. They want one moral. Just give me the moral. Give me the, give me the story. Tell me what you're trying to communicate. And so that's what we find here in Matthew 22. We find some guys come to Jesus and ask him to summarize for him what Christianity is. Summarize for me, Jesus, what is most important for us to do. We find here in Matthew 22, 34, or 35, he asked him a question. He said, which is the greatest commandment? Or better yet, Jesus, tell me what is most important. Jesus, would you give me the rundown of what you are telling me is most important? I'm asking that you'd give me the rundown, that you would summarize for me. You'd give me a synopsis. How many write essays in college or in school? And they ask you to summarize it, or they ask you to give the introduction, and using that introduction, you're going to communicate what you're about to say. And then in the end, you conclude, and in your conclusion, you just communicate what you just said. And usually, if you want to know what a book's about, you just flip the book over, and you read on the back, it's going to tell you what it's about. Well, I want, to, I want to find out, and I want to look from, from the Scripture, what is the thing, what, is the, what are the two most, or sorry, what is the most important thing that I can do as a Christian? I think that if we, could, if we could find out what the most important thing is, we could live a simpler life. I think if we understood what Christianity is all about, we could live a little more simple. You ever walk out of a movie and you're like, what the heck was that about? Avatar, exact. What in the world? Worshiping trees. You know, you ever walk out of a movie and you just don't know what the heck? You know, I feel like some of our problem is in Christianity. We read the Bible and we walk away and we go, I don't even know what this is even about. We go to church and we hear some, some good teaching or preaching and we worship, we sing songs, but then we go home and then we go, I don't even know what this is even all about. I think some of us here can say, well, it's love, Gabriel, love. But what does that even mean? I, I, I bet any person in the world would say love. It's all about love. But what does that even mean? Really, is it just about love? Love's such a broad word. What does that even mean? Jesus, give us the rundown. Tell me what's most important. Simplify it for me. Summarize it for me. I want to know what I can do in a simple way. And Jesus says, love God and love your neighbor. If we could summarize everything, if, if, we could, if I could take a snapshot of your life and it doesn't have you being intentional and loving God and you being intentional about loving your neighbor then you're living an unreasonable Christian life. If I took a snapshot of your life and somewhere in that snapshot or, or the, 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 the idea of that snapshot or the picture or the moral of that snapshot was that nothing to do with loving God and loving people, then we weren't living the life that God intended. Love God. Oh, we're going to start right there. What does it mean to love God, the past three weeks we've been talking about that. Now, obviously not last week, but the past three weeks, three weeks before that, we're talking about what does it mean to love God. 
we had poop or pearls. We talked about what it meant to sacrifice all else so that we can love God. We talked about closet order. Making sure that we have our personal time with Jesus in order. And if that is in order, our whole life will be in order. And thirdly, we talked about heart rivals. And in our hearts, there's so many different rivals taking place. And we have to take those things and, and destroy everything that is rival, creating a rivalry between us and God. Destroy those things so that we can be intentional about pursuing God. Because if you have so many options in your life of what you're going to pursue in love, then you're not going to pursue and love God. We've been trying to answer the question, what does it mean to live a reasonable life? What what does it look like? What does it look like to live that reasonable life? It looks like loving God. It looks like loving your neighbor. And it looks like having a fruit of Christ, a fruit of character. But I want to look at a few words tonight. I want to look at the word intentional. I want to look at the word unconditional. And I want to look at the word relentless. Because I really believe that those three words for us sum up what love really means. That we ought to love God. That our love for God ought to be intentional. Our love for God ought to be unconditional. And our love for God ought to be relentless. What does it look like? What does the summary of a Christian life look like? What what is the purpose of the Christian? What is the purpose of Christ coming? That we would experience love with God. And that we would experience an intentional and unconditional and a relentless love for each other. Let me do it one more time. Let me summarize it all one more time. If we could summarize it all one more time with one word, the word that summarizes all of Christianity is the word relationship. It's relationship. If it's not relationship, then it's not Christianity. If it's not for people, and if it's not for God, then it's not for Christ. If it's not for people, and if it's not for God, then it's not Christianity. To summarize all of what Christianity is, to sum up the purpose and the reason of why Jesus even came, it's because of relationships. God wants relationship with us, And he desires that we would have an intimate and a real and an eternal relationship with one another. Every person, specifically in our society, but every person in this world, is desperate for relationships. They were made for relationship. They were made for companionship. They were made to spend time together and to have best friends. sums it up. It sums it all up in one word. Relationship. What does it look like to have a relationship with God? It looks like you being intentional. It looks like when you have an intentional relationship with God, He's no longer an acquaintance. He is now your companion. He's no longer somebody you just bump into. He's somebody you go out of your way to spend time with. Is this making sense to anybody? You're not living reasonably if you haven't gone out of your way and being intentional about spending time with Jesus. It's relationship. It's not just you praying to pray. 
And it's not just you reading your Bible because you're supposed to read your Bible. It's about you going out of your way to be intentional about being with Jesus and creating and building a relationship with Him. It's unconditional. It's unconditional. No matter what happens, no matter how I feel, no matter what my feelings tell me, no matter what my friends tell me, no matter what anybody says, no matter who's around, my heart is going to be intentional about pursuing and loving God. It's intentional. And it's unconditional. There's no condition to it. There's no, there's no conditions tied on to it. There's no buts and other options. It's unconditional. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter where I am. It doesn't matter what somebody else says. It's unconditional. And it's relentless. It doesn't give up. It doesn't stop. It never has enough. It never feels like it made it. It's completely discontent. It's a love that is discontent. What kind of love is that? That's the love of God. John says, we can love because He loved us first. In 1 John 4.19, we can love Him because He loved us first. And so that's what we've been talking about. And we talk about Christians and you ask them, do you love God? Sure, I love God. Sure, I believe in God. But when you find in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 21, it starts talking about if you really love God, then you really love your neighbor. And if you don't love your neighbor, then you don't love God. You know, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 sums it up for us too. Galatians 5, I think it's in verse 4 or 5 or something. It sums up for us what Christianity is. Paul says, he says what sums it all up, what's most important is faith expressing itself through love. You know what's most important is your faith in God that expresses itself by loving other people. If you say you have faith, then your life ought to be intentional, unconditionally, and relentlessly pursuing to build relationships with other people. If it's not, if we're not doing that, if we're not being intentional, and if we're not being unconditional, and if we're not being relentless in our pursuit for people, to love people, to know people, to be with people, then it's not the life that Christ came and died for. I think that's a good question to ask. Why did Jesus come? I think there's so many reasons, but I think we can sum it up in one word again. I think it's because of relationship. The reason why Jesus came and died, the reason why Jesus came and he lived and he breathed and he hung on a cross and he was buried and he rose again was not so that you could just pray your prayer time. It wasn't just so you could come and give money or sing songs in an auditorium. It was so you could have an eternal and intimate and everlasting relationship with God and with people. It's about relationships. When you wake up in the morning, let your heart 
Let your mind go crazy for relationship with God and with people. When you go to bed at night, we don't pray for people. Or sorry, we don't pray for programs and for auditoriums. We don't pray for systems. We pray for people. Jesus didn't come to die for a system. He didn't come to die for a school. He came to die for people. Jesus didn't come to die for a nation necessarily. He came to die for the people. And sometimes in Christians we get too confused. And we get so caught up in other things that we ought to do and ought not to do. And all along we're missing what's most important. It's the people that you're in school with. It's the people that you live with in your family. It's the people that you, go, that you go to school with, that you go to work with. It's the people that you walk next to. It's the person that's sitting right next to you. It's people. If, you're, if your purpose in life isn't for people, then it's not the right purpose. I think all of us have plans in here tonight. All of us have somewhere to go and something to be. I think what can help us make good decisions is asking the question, is this for people? Or is this just for myself? I think every day if we ask ourselves, like, what's the purpose of me doing this, situ- this, this, this decision, making this decision? If it's not for being with people, for loving people, and loving God, then, it, then, there's, no, then there's no real value in it. If my life, when I wake up in the morning and I go live my day, if it's not to be intentional about spending time with people and loving God, then it has no value in it. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's too simple. Maybe, it, maybe it's too simple, but, but maybe our problem in Christianity is we want everything to be so complex. Maybe our problem is that we want all these details about what does it look like? What do I do? And then we think about becoming a leader in Christianity. or We think about becoming a leader in a ministry. And we think, well, what does that even look like? Well, and so we create all these different kinds of things of what a leader looks like. But if that leader is not being intentional about loving people, then that person's not a Christian leader. There's so many things that you can summarize your life by. There's, there's so many things that you can, you can take Christianity and, and sum it up with. But I think there's only one right summary, and it's relationship. It's relationships. I want you to sit here for a moment, and I want to challenge and ask you, who are you being intentional about and pursuing to build relationships with? Gabe, Gabe Meiser's here tonight. I, I, Gabe Meiser, he's, he's right here in the back. He's got a hat on, a white hat. Just embarrassed him. I really respect Gabe for a couple reasons. One of them being that when you go to UAA, just about everybody knows who Gabe is. Gabe has, Gabe has barbecues at his house, and he invites people from UAA. When Gabe goes to UAA, he doesn't think about 
what he wants to do that day and how he can get what he can get that day. He goes to UAA and he looks for people that he can be intentional about including into God's family. When he goes to UAA, he doesn't try to think of what, how school is going to get him something in life. He thinks about the people when he shows up and how he's trading his life for the people at school. But so many of us, when we get up in the morning, we go to work and we go to school, we forget that it's about people. We forget that the reason Jesus died was for relationships with him and with each other. We forget that when Jesus died, he destroyed something spiritually. He destroyed a wall, two walls. One of the walls separated us from him, and the other wall separated us from each other. And as Christians, we carry that message that destroys the wall that separates us from people and us from God. And it's the message of Jesus' death. It's the message of Jesus coming in the form of a man. It's the message of Jesus living a sinless and perfect life. It's the message that Jesus did raise people from the dead and that he walked on water and that he healed the sick and that he spoke the truth. It's the message that Jesus was the man of God, the God-man in the flesh. That he came, he hung on a cross, he died a sinner's death, he was buried in a rich man's tomb. He rose three days later and he sits at the right hand of God, not for no reason, he did it so you could have a relationship with him and so you could have a relationship with the person sitting next to you. So there would be no enmity between you and God and no enmity between you and each other. But for some reason, we get so selfish and we get caught up in our own little lives and we forget what Jesus really died for. We forget what Christianity really is and what it is. It's love for God and it's love for each other and we carry a message that can destroy the enmity. We carry a message that can destroy anger. We carry a message that can reconcile relationships. But we become too selfish and we forget about the message we carry. We forget that we're Christians and we carry a message that destroys walls and barriers. We carry the message of reconciliation. What does that even mean? It's in 2 Corinthians 5. You can start in verse 14 if you want and read the verse 20, 21. We've been given love in our hearts that we can intentionally pursue people to love them. This is not just about you loving God. Sure it is. Sure it's about loving God. But if you're not loving people, then you don't love God. As a matter of fact, if you don't love people, you hate God. And if you, don't, if you hate people, then you hate God. And if you hate God, you're definitely going to hate people. We carry a good message. You know what our problem is? It's we hear that and we get inspired and then we leave, but we don't really know what to do. You know what that looks like? I'm just going to go candid for a minute. You know what that looks like? That looks like with your real relationships that you're sitting next to, the people that you're with, people you go to school with, it looks like you being humble. It looks like when you make a mistake, you ask for forgiveness. It looks like you taking and applying the cross of Jesus to your life. What does that look like? It looks like you saying, hey, I blew it here. Would you forgive me? You know the biggest walls between you and your people is your pride? The reason why you have bad relationships, not intimate, the reason why you can't cry with your friend is because of the wall that separates you and that wall is your pride. 
And until you humble yourself and learn to be intentional about asking for forgiveness and about forgiving each other and loving each other unconditionally, relentlessly, and intentionally, you will not, you will not, you will not live the reasonable life. You will continue to live unreasonably. You will continue to live a life that doesn't make sense. What do you mean? You're a Christian? You're telling me that God lives in you and you're doing nothing about it? You're telling me that the Spirit of God that rose Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you and you're not doing anything about it? That sounds unreasonable to me. But what sounds reasonable is that I was dead in my sin. I was buried underneath dirt with a brick on top of it under the bottom of the ocean. And God in His mercy, not because He had to, not because He was obligated, not because somebody told Him to, not because we prayed enough, not because we cleaned ourselves up, but God in His mercy, because He loved us so much, because of His love for us first, reached down, pulled us out of that place. He set us on a strong foundation where we were secure and that we could be with Him forever. And then He filled us with His Spirit and He promised us eternal life. And then we say, that person did this to me. When that person, that person did this to me, why would I even hang out with that person? That person's a jerk. You're a jerk. You're being a jerk. Humble yourself. Forgive somebody because you have been forgiven. Man, I think if we just live simple like that, you know, we get up in the morning and your goal that morning is, Lord, help me to find somebody and love somebody. Well, your goal that morning is, i got to spend time with the Father. Because if I spend time with Him, He works something in me. And it's this marvelous thing called love. He works in me love. He works in me mercy. He works in me patience. He works in me kindness and goodness and faithfulness. He works in me the fruit of Himself. And as I spend time with Him, I am, I am renewed and I am restored and I am revived. And as I go out, I, I do that to spend time with Him, and I do that so that I can love His people, so that I can bring reconciliation to people. And so, so I want to have a banner on my door when I leave. I do, I do, personally, I have mine. You can have yours. We should have the same one, be cool, like partners. But I want my, my banner spiritually, when I walk out my door every day, I say to myself, Lord, I want to make somebody feel valuable today. I want to find somebody Even if I did it to him yesterday, I'm going to do it again. I want somebody to feel loved and valued because God has done that to me. We're so unintentional in life. We're so conditional in life. And we're definitely not relentless. But let us learn from the one who is unconditional. Let us learn from the one who was intentional. He intentionally knows your name and he intentionally calls you by name and he intentionally made you his son or his daughter. And let us learn from the one who is relentless. He never gives up. And as you, as you walk in his love, John 15, as you abide in his love, his love works in you and through you to love people, to be intentional, unconditional, and relentless about building relationships. You know this. You know this. This this ministry should look like. It should look like a bunch of people that just love the heck out of each other. It should look like we don't just spend time on Thursday night together. It should look like we can't wait to hang out tomorrow night. We can't wait to go spend time together on Saturday. I can't wait to go spend time with my other friend on this day. 
And then you know what else it looks like? It looks like you finding an unbeliever and loving them the way you've been loved. Man, we're going to be tearing this apart for the next few weeks. Because, man, it's so, people get fired up and they love it when you talk about, you know, love God, brother, love your neighbor, abide in Jesus. Amen, I've said it, I'm, I'm mocking myself. But then we go and we do that, we say we do that, but if you're not loving people, you definitely ain't doing that. Because the fruit of you spending time with Jesus, the fruit of you loving Jesus, is you saying, my life is but to live for other people. My life is to find somebody. What are you doing? I'm looking for somebody. Who are you looking for? Uh, somebody to love. What are you doing? Well, I'm just thinking about who I can bless today. How you, I don't know, I'm going to give them money. I'm going to give them a ride. Just tell them they look good. I'm not going to flatter them. Hey, they'll preach. I'm not going to flatter somebody. I'm going to tell somebody the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you alive today? Well, for relationship? What do you mean? I just want to love God and I want to love people. You mean that's what your heart's beating for? That's, that's the only thing my heart beats for. You mean you're going to live and die for that? I'm going to live and die. You mean you're going to trade your life for that right? I'm going to trade my life for that right there. What? What's that? Love God and love people. You mean you're telling me that it all just sums up into loving God? And love? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. You're telling me that it's reasonable to go out of your way to spend time with God on a daily basis. Yeah, it shouldn't even be in your schedule. It should just be the way you do it. You know what's not in my schedule? Sleeping isn't in my schedule. Eating isn't in my schedule because that's who I am. You know what else isn't in my schedule? Spending time with God. I don't put that in my iPhone. It's in my schedule. It's in the internal schedule of my heart because that's who I am. You know what else shouldn't be in your schedule? What shouldn't be in your schedule is, I need to spend time with people today because that's one of those things about Christianity I got to do. No, it should be the heartbeat of who you are. It should pump into every part of your body. Love God and love people. Why, why the heck do people go to the movie by themselves? I mean, first of all, it's the most unrelational thing you can do, which I like going to movies. But second of all, you're doing it by yourself. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just sitting on my couch watching a movie. Oh, that's cool. Who are you with? Oh, nobody, man. Just chilling. Can I come over? No, man, I just want to just do it by myself. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I'm just sitting on Facebook. It's people, man. Shut up. You know, you know what's so funny? I read, I read a, an article recently. It said the iPod killed poetry. The iPod killed. That's a strong word. Killed poetry. The iPod killed poetry. This thing right here. Killed poetry. You know what poetry represents? It represents fellowship. It represents community. It represents intimacy. Do you know what kills our fellowship? It's the stupid video games. You know what kills relationship? It's the stinking computer. Do you know what kills relationship? I'm not saying, I, I, listen, I have my iPhone and I use Facebook. I use Facebook to set up meetings with real people, not a picture of somebody. I use Facebook. I have a Facebook page. I have probably all of you on there. If you went on there, get on there. Invite me as your friend, and we'll be friends. But I use it for a reason. My reason is to be with people. 
A reason is to build relationships. What are you doing today? Just looking for somebody? You're kind of weird. I know. Why don't you get a job or something? I will. What's your job for? Tell me your job's for. Well, my job is to, to get me food and a house and maybe one day get married or something. Well, what, 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 why do you have a job? I have a job so I can love people. I have a job so I can breathe and love God. You mean that's what it's all about? That's, that's. So you're telling me that, 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 that summarizing the whole Bible and all of Christianity, just that one word, relationship, that's all, that's it. God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. And they sinned. And it broke that relationship. And there's enmity, anger, frustration, resentment between God and His people and between His people. And so from that moment to the end of time, God is at at an intentional and unconditional and a relentless pursuit to reconcile all of it back together and its people. You know what ain't going to heaven? This ain't going to heaven. I love my Bible. Somebody say, hey. Hey! I love my Bible. I love it. Read it every day. But it ain't going to heaven with me. Do you know why? Because this, I've said it so many times, but I'm going to say it again. Because I, I, I say it to remind you. This is but a tool to bring us closer in relationship. Key word, relationship with Jesus. It's, it's to help us, teach us how to love each other. I don't know, ask yourself, what my heart beat for? If I were to take a snapshot of your life in one day, what did it look like? You know the difference between an acquaintance and a companion is? The difference between an acquaintance and a companion is an acquaintance is somebody you've bumped into. And you say hi because you bumped into them. But a companion is somebody that you intentionally pursue because they're your best friend. You know what Christians should do? Every person ought to be a companion. But the sad thing is we're all just a bunch of acquaintances acting like we love each other. And that's our biggest problem is that we aren't intentional. You know what's funny? Is it's kind of awkward. How I many you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of awkward to pursue people, you know? But you know, what's, you know what the funny thing is, is that both of you want the same thing. Both of you want relationship. You know what every young man wants in this city? He wants a brotherhood. He wants to spend time. He doesn't care what he's doing. He just wants to be with a bunch of guys. You know what girls want? They want the same thing. They find excuses to spend time together. That's why I really think that's where Barbies came from. This is an excuse, you know. For spend time with each other. G.I. Joe's for guys. I'm going to say something real quick. I'm going to say something. And I want, to ask, I want to ask you to take this principle and use it to your life for the rest of your life. I'm going to say something, and you can, you can hear it. It can go one, in one ear and out the other. And you can go home and you can miss everything I said. Or you can take this one thing 
And if you start to apply it to your life, God will be pleased with you. He'll be pleased with the way you're living. It's this. Make an excuse every day, all day, to spend time with God and with people. Make an excuse. Why are you getting up? I'm going to go spend time with Jesus. Why do you get up so early? Because I'm going to go spend time with Jesus. What are you doing tonight? I don't really have anything going on, but hey, you know, we could go, we could go walk around the park. What's at the park? I don't know. Let's just go check out the dandelions. It's winter. Shut up. Just come with me. <laughs> Make an excuse. You know what fun excuses are? Go bowling. <laughs> Don't go bowling, bro. Go ride a bike. <laughs> go ride bikes together. You know what? Go frolfing. Oh, come on. There's some more frolfers than that. Go frolfing. Frisbee golf. Go golfing. If I walk into your house, guys, and even girls, and you're playing a video game, I'm not mad at you or judging you. Please don't think that. I'm not. But if you're by yourself, I might look at you weird. What are you doing? Get out the stinking video game. Go spend time with somebody. You're wasting your life. You know what you're not? When you die, when you get old and you're 80 years old and you're laying in bed, you're not going to admit, ah, I wish I would have played some video games more. Man, if I go back, I'd play that game again and beat it again. Man, I wish I would have sat on the internet more and just looked at clothing. You're not going to say that. Man, if I go back and do it again, I just, I go shopping more. You know, if I, if I could do it one more, if I could go live that, that day, that, that, those four years in high school one more time. I know how to do. I'd stay up every night until 1.30. Not 1, because that's not late enough. 1.30. Playing video games. You're not going to say that. You know what you're going to say? I wish I would have hung out more with Tommy. Look, I would have hung out more with Rachel. I wish I would have spent more time with Aubrey. I wish I would have got to know Quentin Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have went and spent more time with my mom and dad and asked them questions about life. I wish I would have stopped in life and just spent time with people more. I wish I would have got to know Linda and Kimberly. I wish I would have went out of my way and met with people because people are going into eternity. Nothing else is. It's just relationships. It's just relationships. Amen? Amen? Amen. We'll be talking about this for the next few weeks.
We have about 26 minutes left to have a relationship, to spend time together, to hang out and talk, to be intentional, to go do something with each other. I don't know, this isn't one of those messages where there's a big altar call and you're crying, probably. You know, maybe this isn't some huge revelation to you. Maybe it's not, I don't know. But what if, what if, I like what ifs because what ifs cast vision. What if we all were intentional about loving each other? What if every Christian in our city went out of their way to find somebody, made an excuse to find somebody to tell them about Jesus? What if every person in our city, every Christian in our city, was, went out of their way to build a relationship with somebody that didn't know Jesus? Maybe start with your family. That's, that's good right there. Start with your family. That's what I've tried. I've tried to spend time with my family. So that maybe someday, somehow, someway, they might hear me tell them about Jesus and change the way they're living and give their life to Christ. Man, what if we did that? Oh, our city would be different. We have vision to see our whole city. I say we, that means we. Amen? To see our whole city. Every little rebellious turd and turdette. <laughs> Those guys back there. Every single person in our city come to know Jesus. Amen? But you know how that's going to happen? It's going to happen by you having in your heart this internal heartbeat that burns and that pumps and that beats to love God and to love people. It's this internal heartbeat where you remind yourself every day, today, I'm going to love God and love people. Why? Because there's this person named Jesus. Tell me about that person named Jesus. Well, he came in the form of a man. A man? No, sorry, he was a babe, and he was born in a manger. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. History tells me so. History, yeah, his story, it tells me all about this man who came in the form of a baby. What else did he do? Well, he was a carpenter. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure he built stuff. He loved people. And then one day, he started healing people. It's crazy. And then people saw him take five little fishes and two little breads, and multiply them to feed up to 15,000 people. He did that a couple times. He found three people and rose them from the dead. He walked on water. Why? I don't know. He just did it to show he was God. Are you talking about Jesus? Yeah, Jesus. Was that the guy that died? No. Well, yeah, he died. Yeah, yeah, he died. Yeah, they killed him, didn't they? No, he offered himself. He, offered, he, he put his arms on the cross, and he, he put his feet on the cross, and he offered himself up willingly. He says, nobody takes my life from me. I offer it up willingly. Why? Because I love people, and I've come to restore relationship with people. And he died. Yeah, he died. Then three days later, after he was in the grave, this tomb rolled away, and he rose from the dead, and he showed himself to 500 people, and he sits in heaven. And he sent his spirit to live amongst us, to call us, and to be our companion, to be a friend, to be a brother that sticks closer than anything else. That's why. Because Jesus paid for my sin. And he loves me. So I'm going to do that for people. Amen? Amen.
Would you stand with me?